0: specific to parents raising twins, triplets, and more. Learn more, subscribe to the show, or connect with Paul at TamaCapital.com.
1: This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Tama may retain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.
2: Did you know that research shows that 92% of people do not keep their New Year's resolutions or goals? What if you could find a way to be part of the 8% who sees success pursuing their lifestyle and financial goals. With this data in mind, Jackie Gadeen and Mimi Bishop launched their firm, The Resting Mind, to help Gen X women who are struggling to define themselves personally and professionally. They developed the 8% rule of taking small steps to help women determine who they want to be, where they want to go, and how to get there. Both Jackie and Mimi left behind high-profile corporate roles to launch their firm, a life transition that started with reflecting on an Oprah Winfrey article that helped them discover that they wanted to help bridge the worth-deficit gap that women are facing. Jackie and Mimi have developed a unique approach to utilizing energy leadership and positive psychology to help propel Gen X women. They take an investigative approach that empowers women to ask for help, to help them realize that they are not alone and to do so with confidence and conviction. Please enjoy my conversation with Jackie and Mimi. Mimi and Jackie, welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. I'm really excited about having you on and having this conversation about your life transitions and the firm that you've created. So I think the best place for us to start is to talk a little bit about your background in the business that you guys have started, The Resting Mind.
3: Sure. So thank you for having us on. We're so excited to be here. And we are so, our business, The Resting Mind, it actually is in reference to the subconscious mind. So, when we decided to build the business, we really thought about how we, as coaches and strategists, can help people really reset their subconscious mind so that they can optimize it in the times that it takes over because 95% of our day is run by the subconscious mind. So we work with Gen X women, high achieving Gen X women who want to grow their wealth and success. And we do that by leveraging my background in neuroscience and positive psychology and Mimi's background in energy leadership. So all of our frameworks are based on these two principles so that The subconscious mind can be elevated and be optimized when you're actually not consciously aware and being present.
2: So how did the two of you join forces? Like, how did you guys, do you guys know each other or like, how how did that come about? That's
1: a great, it's a story that we love to tell. So we were both in the media industry in New York City. We knew of one another for years. I heard Jackie this and she heard Mimi that because we had a mutual friend And Jackie left her, she had a huge job over at Adage, and she stepped off to become a coach. And then a couple of years, I left my big job at News Corporation to become a coach. And at that point, our friend was like, now you have to meet each other. So we did really over what we call an innocent cup of coffee. So we we met, we instantly hit it off. And we were talking about these disciplines of energy leadership, which I was trained in and Jackie's discipline of neuroscience and positive psychology. And we really felt that there was something there. And we just, we hit it off personally. We were so much alike and It just like it was the spark of an idea that just really rapidly grew into this business.
3: And it was I think it was also compounded at the time Ada Calhoun's article in Oprah's magazine came out about Gen X women and just this mid career true crisis that. Gen X women were like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, that's me. And while I thought it was awesome that she showed, shined a light on it, I also felt that there was nobody helping Gen X women navigate and really change that dialogue. And we felt like there was an opportunity for us to close the gap there. Right, what we hear so much and
1: what that article covers, and and it's just even in press all the time also, and, and women having these conversations where they feel like they have the most debt and there's research to back that they they do, that they feel like they are in this mid-career crossroads. Many of them are getting pushed out and then deciding that they either can't get back because of ageism or don't want to come back, go back into the into the corporate workforce. So they're starting their own businesses. And they just really feel like they're behind the financial eight ball. And we are here to tell you that you're really in your prime, that you have so much value to give, and we're going to help you own that value and really generate your wealth, whether it be getting back into the workforce or excelling where you are in the workforce or by building your own business. And that's exactly what we do with our clients. We help them build their businesses. We help them excel in their careers exactly at the age they're at. And, you know, we're really our goal is to create a movement so that Gen X women become the wealthiest female generation. We believe that we have the power to do that. Not, is- uh, not us and just the movement, that Generation X women have the power to do that.
2: There is so much to unpack there, uh, <laughs> and and it's going to be really hard for me in this conversation not to get really personal with my wife Teresa, because I'm and <laughs> I'm going to have to leave her out of some of this because normally I share a lot of my life in 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 these episodes and like I'm sure that you guys do with your podcast which we'll talk mm-hmm. about as well, but I can really empathize with what you're talking about because I see it firsthand, and so one i guess where i wanted to go first is where where do you see this women having this challenge to balance both career kids at home um just lifestyle in, in general you know i I've, I've had this conversation with many people on the podcast about this myth called you know work life balance and i always use this this visual of a seesaw and we think it's parallel but it never is it's either you're you're really focused on your career at some point and then then your kids kind of take priority or other lifestyle events take priority i often tell my family office clients that we can put together the best goals and plan but when life happens those are going to take a back seat and i always use our example of, of when we had our triplets almost 11 years ago and, you know, I had all these plans, you know, I was you know, starting to launch my firm. And then Teresa tells me, well, actually we found out together, it was the first ultrasound I got to go to that our, our, we've little did we know we had one, a singleton that turned into twins and then the twins turned into triplets. So oh. we found that out. I was like, oh my gosh, you think like your life is going to be totally de- derailed, <laughs> but it's not, it's just those things are put on pause. Yeah.
1: If that feels like it should be a Volvo commercial <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure somebody will take that and run with it,
3: <laughs> you know it's it's um we always laugh right? when you make the plans there's always somebody who kind of throws you the curveball. I think the hardest thing about this generation in which we sit in the mist is that we were the latchkey generation, and so the part of that was we the pendulum swung so much that we were home, we were home by ourselves, that a lot of times women want to take a little bit of a step back in their career so that they can feel like they have a foot in both doors. And I always say work and life, it's about harmony. It's about setting boundaries. And it's really about understanding and outlining your own personal expectations based on what it is that you want and how you want to live. When we talk to women especially women in their in high careers, they believe that they have to give something up in order to be successful. And that's because they're um, kind of letting expectations that everyone else puts on them dictate how they show up. And so really getting clear on how you validate your worth and doing that from the inside and saying FaceTime is really an app. It's not how long I'm the office that doesn't mean hard work does not mean promotion so changing that whole conversation for women is really powerful
2: but do do women have to i know it's a feeling but do they have to give it up do they have to uh, choose one or the other because i know that you know a lot of the working moms that i that i work with both professionally within tama and, and outside are just friends They really struggle. And I really empathize because I've got this front row seat to this really unique situation. And the fact that we have, you know, these multiples, plus we have one. So we have, you know, the triplets plus one, but then we have, you know, my career, my business and Teresa's, you know, large career as well yeah
3: you do, definitely don't have to give it up. you don't have to give up your career I think there is a myth there and I also think that there's this myth that in order to be successful you have to give up your family right and I think that's really where the where the conversation and, and the rubber hits the road so it's all about what is it that you want and then how do you ask for help I mean especially Gen X women, they don't ask for help, right? We're fiercely independent, which we've confused sadly with doing it on our own. And so asking for help, dictating and demanding what you need and doing so with confidence and conviction instead of thinking the only way for me to get ahead is to be the workhorse and to sit quietly in the background and get it all done and to not be heard and to blend in. And it's not any of those things. It's really about the strongest, most successful women and men determine what it is and what their boundaries are, and they stick with them and they delegate. And so it's really about owning your own confidence and conviction and in, in your worth and value so that you can create those boundaries.
2: I feel like there's a story behind this next question, which is, how did you both choose to focus on this niche of women and especially Gen X women.
3: Because we are (laughs) there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. You know, we read the article that we have referenced in Oprah magazine and we could relate to a lot of it, right? Like just, there's so many things that Generation X women go through. And while we could relate to it, we also just knew that we could change the conversation around it. So we felt like it was that important to focus specifically on Generation X women. Now, are all of our clients Gen X women? No. A lot of them, even some of them are boomers, some of them are millennials. But we really speak specifically to Generation X women because we're just in a unique place in our lives And there's a lot of conversation around how we're kind of the forgotten generation. And there are lots of nuances of our generation as well. Like Jackie was saying, we're the workhorse, we're fiercely independent. And we felt that our generation really needed coaches that understand all of that dynamic and nuance especially as women are either trying to, again, really double down in their career or they're stepping off and starting their own business, really understanding what those women
3: are going through makes a big difference in their success. And and personally, to to be personal, Paul, the reality is I was a a 40-year-old woman who had a tremendous career in Manhattan. I live on Long Island. I spent two, two hours going to work one way. So about three to four hours every day in commuting. My daughter was in kindergarten diagnosed with ADHD and having severe behavioral issues and learning struggles. And I knew I couldn't do both the way that I thought I could, or I thought I couldn't do both. So to that point, can you do both? I wish I would have had someone like us helping me navigate that because I thought that The choice was either to be all in at work or to be at home or I didn't know that I could do both. I didn't believe that I had enough in me to be able to give to my daughter what she needed. So part of all of this was this personal struggle that I had when I made the decision, like, I think I can't do this anymore this way. Um, And I don't think I want to because I'm so exhausted that I can't be a great mom. And my daughter is adopted. We couldn't have children. We went through six um, rounds of failed IVF. And what better gift than being there for my daughter? So that this is a very personal kind of powerful movement for me because I know how I made choices based on that. Um, and I wouldn't change where I am today, but I wish I would have had someone to help guide me on how that could look differently when I was in that crux decision-making point of my life.
2: That's, I love that story and thank you so much for sharing it. I think that's the power of this medium and podcast and especially the, 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 the show that I'm trying to create is to share stories like, like both of yours. Because I think people can really relate to it, and it's it's a much more powerful medium than you know reading about it. Um, And that actually leads me to my next question in talking about transitions, and that's actually been a theme of the past year of the people I talked to are transitions. And obviously, the two of you went through a huge life transition and deciding to go from corporate high powered roles to entrepreneurs. Walk us through. What that life transition was like?
1: Well, for me, it was gradual. So
2: I, my, and I'm st- glad, let, let me interrupt real quick. I'm glad that you said that. I'd like you to elaborate on that a little bit, um, Mimi, because I think people think it, they got to flip a switch and then they got to go from, you know, left to right like overnight. And, and a lot of the, the guests I've had on talk about, testing and hypothesis and, and trying this side hustle thing and trying different things to figure it out.
1: Yeah. We could speak to that for, for that days. Was, that was Mimi. <laughs> she, was
3: the, she was the queen of the side hustle. Yeah.
1: And pivoting. Right. So, so for me, you know, I started my career where I really wanted a big career and worked and worked and worked and kept going up the ladder. And I had some life-changing wake-up calls. I'm a surviving sibling. I lost two siblings in two separate instances. And the first time, and they were both sudden, the first time it happened, my response to that was to work like a lunatic. And so I had this big job in the city. I worked till 10 o'clock at night. Like Jackie, I was commuting back and forth. And I was ignoring all of the signs saying that you really don't want this. And you know just ignoring the healing process also and then 10 years later unfortunately it happened again and that was truly a wake up call for me and i remember thinking i don't want to i don't want to work my butt off you know for the next level i don't want to work in corporate anymore i want something different so it left me it led me on a real journey of exploration. And I remember very clearly, I'm always the person that always needed all the goals and to check the boxes. And I remember very clearly at that time, having my annual review, sitting in my boss's office, who was amazing. And I remember saying to her, my goal this year is not to have any goals. And she said, I think that's a good idea. And so having that space Really allowed me to explore this idea of becoming a coach and figuring out what the next thing was for me. So, the seed of my business at that point was born and it was a side hustle for a long time. I financially could not quit and just start this business, but I started it as a side hustle. And, I, you know, like you said, I went out there and tried different things and, you know, I pivoted and figured out what I wanted and started getting some traction. And then eventually the opportunity presented itself where I could leave and I jumped. And, you know, the landing, it was not a soft landing. It was like, you know, a kind of a crash and a roll. Oh, it's <laughs> but scary. I, got back up. <laughs> I met Jackie along the way and, you know, things kind of happened from there. So I like to share that story because it is really, you know, I think as Gen X women, we have all gotten to this point in our lives where we have, for the most of us have, experienced something, you know, that hasn't been that easy. And so from that, it really makes you take a look at like, what do I really want? And figuring out the time to understand what it is, and then also figuring out the steps that I need to get there, and that it's not always easy, you know, that it's a process. And it's also very, very possible. So, you know, for a long time, I remember thinking, God, if I can only just leave my job and have this Business and how am I ever going to figure out how to you know bridge that divide? And it happened. There was a way. So I, I like sharing that story because I hope it inspires others to, to figure out their journey and just have patience. You don't always need to know the how. You just need to have the vision.
2: That's that's excellent. So along those lines, Mimi, or you could take this too, Jackie. So can you walk me through like typically like and I know everybody's different, but when That that Gen X woman shows up at your doorstep. What's that process like? Like what is obviously it's probably a feeling of stressed and overwhelmed, like you guys have talked about and shared in your own personal stories. How do you begin that process of unpacking that and and getting down to the, the root of the the what what what's causing that? And how do you start building little taking little steps forward, I guess?
3: Yeah. So um, I'll just start and uh, I'll keep it short because I know Mimi's going to want to add to this. I think for us, one of the things that's so interesting, Paul, is that no matter why people come to us, so they can be wanting to start a new, wanting to make more money in their business, or they could be wanting to change jobs. They could be out of a job. They could be wanting to promote. It doesn't matter. What's interesting is a biggest, one of the biggest consistencies we see through um, the Gen X woman is they have a lack, there's a worth deficit within them. And that is most, about 90% of the time, the common denominator. So if they are an entrepreneur, they have a worth deficit where they're uncomfortable asking people for the money. They just don't, they're like, well, I want to make people happy. I, I love what I do. So they don't, they don't know, they don't own their worth and they don't, don't know how to talk about it. Or they want a promotion, but they're like, they're waiting in the background and I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about how you'd be great for this promotion. I'm like, well, I'm a great problem solver. You know, So they, they really don't know what their worth is. So a lot of what we do is really starting with the baseline of how are you describing yourself? How are you owning your worth? How are you then articulating your value, right? Cause value is very different. My necklace could be, you know, $20 at a store, but if my grandmother gave it to me, the value is, you know, thousands, millions. So really helping women to understand that and then unpack that and then figure out how we get them to every next stage And then break apart what they need. So what we talk about is what we call the 8% rule. So this is something that we just developed based on an article that we read. 92% of people that make a resolution in January do not keep it. 92%. So only 8% keep it. So we always say, how do you become part of an 8% club? The 8% club that sets a goal and achieves it. This is no different for people who set goals, right? I want to lose weight. I want a new job. Most people give up in the process because it's too hard. Our brains are screaming like, fly, fly, fly away. This is much too much. Change change stinks just stay where you are and complain about your toxic work environment right yeah so it's much
2: easier it's
3: so yeah much easier so what we do is we help women break everything down into the eight percent so you what is the goal you want to get to and then what are the small steps in eight percent increments that can help you get there and for each eight percent increment that you hit we also have this process like what did I learn where could I have done better where where did I do well what did I accomplish so that we're investigating the process so that we can collect the evidence necessary to prove that we can keep going. Because if we don't acknowledge the small successes, our brains don't take time to acknowledge that we can actually get to the big goal. So really using that brain science, neuroscience, and energy that we've talked about earlier to help kind of create a pattern of success for women.
2: So if I could paraphrase everything that you just said, Jackie, it's and I'm starting to use this more and more with, with the work that I do is that you definitely diagnose before you start prescribing any, anything in medication. You
3: have to, right? Because, you know, someone comes to us, their diagnosis is very different. What's, what's keeping them stuck. What's where their, where their mindsets are, where their uh, procrastination sits, right? All of these things that keep us, from being able to achieve the success and gain the wealth that we're really, we really want and deserve as, as women. And we really need to be very thoughtful about what that looks like.
2: Mimi, is there anything that you want to expand on? Because actually one of my questions was around this, this worth deficit that that you guys talk about, you know, on your podcast, um, you know, in the work that you do, Mimi, is there anything that you want to you know add that to that?
1: One thing I will add just quickly is Jackie talked a lot about the brain science of it. And when we also apply the energy perspective of it, very often so we're talking like, well, what is this energy that they keep talking about? Everything is really based on energy. And just really to keep it simple, when we take action from a place where we feel lousy, let's, you know the, the result will never be as good as if we took action from a place where we feel confident or excited or even just neutral, right? So we take, con- for an, as an example, you're trying to build your business. You're frantically looking for clients, right? And you're taking it from an energy of stress and overwhelm and fear. And it's that much harder to find clients or, you know, you get like the nightmare client lands in your lap versus being coming approaching it from a place where you feel confident you're owning your worth you know your value now you're out there attracting clients that really are the right fit and the whole process is so much easier so a lot of times we are really helping women also unravel the thoughts that are or keeping them from taking action from that higher energy place. And that could even be on the career side too. You know, you go into work every day and you're, you know, ruminating about this toxic environment and then you're wondering why you're so, you know, you come home with a stomach ache and a headache every night versus right. Showing up at your job, feeling really good about what you're doing. That's an inside job. And I think that's a big misconception that we, we expect, Things to be a certain way, and then we will feel, you know, better about our circumstances. It's really the opposite. It needs to start within us.
2: So, how do you, how do women find the two of you? Like, how do how does somebody even start to work with you? And, and what is that process like? What should they expect? Is it multiple? Obviously, it's not days or weeks that that you work with people. It's months, or does is it just? gradually ongoing can can you walk us through like what that process is like
3: sure so the way we work is we you know we we have people come and do a discovery call you know and we one of the biggest things we do is we you know people call us and they feel it's uncomfortable right because now you're going to talk to a stranger about where you're not feeling great right (laughs) whatever that looks like right i can't get the promotion i'm not making the money i i my business is failing So the first thing we want to do is always make someone feel comfortable. So they come to us and we're like, okay, this is how this call is going to go. These are the expectations. And, and, you know, everything was is within trust here. Right. So my job and my role as a coach is I am not your therapist. I am on this journey with you, like walking alongside of you. And then once we go through that process, if it's a fit on both sides, then we we have programs that are either four months or six months where they get to work with us and it's every other week. And we put an intake form together, we understand what their goals are, what I want, what they want to get to. And every week, when every other week, when we work with them, we kind of uncover something else. We give them homework or you know, things that they need to do. And I hate to say homework, but what are the things that they need to put into, into Action so that they can make progress. If it's looking for a job, if it's building their business, um, and we really spend a lot of time on making sure that they know and can articulate their personal zone of genius, because most of the times they can't. Um, you know, they just they they are talking about themselves in ways that everybody else does. So by the end of it, we have clients that by the end they're like, you know, our goal is to give them butterfly wings so that they can fly right. off and not meet us right that's a good coach but oftentimes we you uncover other things and they'll stay with us and work on something else and it is i think the other misconception is that a career coach or a business coach is all about business or career, but it all comes together, right? There's money mindsets, as you know, like how you grew up with money, what your beliefs are, what your worth is, um, what your beliefs are about how you can, how much money you can acquire. So all of that is part of the process, depending on where people are.
2: Yeah. That's been one of the most interesting, I guess, developments in the course of building TAMA and working with, with families is this Idea of trying to separate your personal life from your financial life, and it, you can't. It's mm-hmm. all under, uh, intertwined. Yeah. So it is. along those lines, one of the things that I'm always con- I, I'm trying to, to discover or find out is how to get people to actually take action. So rather than, as we mentioned, it's much easier to sit there and complain about your situation, whether it's your Boss or your job or w- whatever it may be, than to actually do something. Can you give us a few, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hacks, <laughs> life hacks, whatever you want to call them, like. What do you Jackie's, guys, think?
1: Jackie's laughing at me because my favorite word is action. We were saying something the other day we were working on something. And I said, and, and she said, don't use the word action. I said, but it's the
3: truth. You have to take action. You do, you do have to take action. You, know? you just so, joke about yeah. it all the time. This is our pet peeve. It's like, you know, we talk about people and we believe in mindset work. We know how powerful it is, but you can think things are great all you want, but unless you take a different action, it's going to look very much the same way tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. very much so. Yeah.
1: But if you ask a good question, because sometimes people will come to us and I'm sure you experience the same thing and they want a different result and you talk about what the plan is, but at the end of the day, you, they have to take action, right? So they have to, they, Definitely you know, ready. you have to be ready. You have to be ready. Sometimes the timing is just off. And, you know, I would say in, in those cases as a coach or a professional, Even when you are delivering your best and, you know, and the client may just not be in the plate, like they're saying they're ready to take action, but they're just really not. I believe that in the right time, they will apply it. It may be months down the road, maybe years down the road, but then they will actually apply that wisdom that you've shared and they will, they will get the results. I think a second thing also is for them to, for them really to get buy-in. And see how it will really impact their lives. And another misconception is that it will be easy and that you know the path to success is paved with, with you know sunflowers and rainbows and all of that kind of thing. And really for them to understand that there may be discomfort. And that discomfort means there's growth. And I, I don't think people recognize that. I think at the first, you know, the first feeling of discomfort, they, they shut down. And to know that, no, that's what you're as the coach or the professional, the expert, you're there to walk them through and walk that path with them. So those are three things I would say for, to help get people to take action.
2: Those are, you're not alone are,
1: there. We feel yeah. the same thing.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've, I have families I work with that, you know, I talked to two, three years ago, and then all of a sudden they They're in that right frame of mind where we're ready to go and we want to go now right and then yeah. with others it's more of a of a slower go, so right. everybody's a little different so that's that's really insightful um one of the the last things I want to kind of get to is watching you guys were featured on um uh the Today show yeah. and you're talking about resetting mindset, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Mimi, because I'm a I'm a big Carol Dweck fan, who's you know one of the, the gurus when it comes to to mindset shifts. Can you walk us through this resetting? And I was thinking of you before um, I, when I knew that we were going to have you on, and I, I rewatched that clip because our schools just started, so we started school last Wednesday, and trying to get four kids up and ready and on the school bus. Um, I always need a reset after, after, after I try to get, get them on the bus and, and to start my day. And sometimes it can really blow up my day and it could take yeah. hours before I'm like mentally, you know, with it and can, can function at a higher level. So, Talk to us about like what yeah, your guys. I'm, I'm expect-
1: not talking. I'm going to coach you right right <laughs> now. So coach, tell
2: me- coach away, Mimi. Okay, so
1: you've had a really rough day, morning, the kid, getting the kids on the bus. What what's your thought? What are you thinking?
2: I'm thinking, I need to like snap out of it. Like I need to I need to get my emotions back under control.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and what I wanted, emotions are you feeling?
2: Uh, frustration, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. uh, stressed. Uh, that I just yelled at my kids and I shouldn't Ooh. have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what and what triggered you to yell at your kids?
2: Uh, it's always uh, typically they don't listen. Okay. <laughs> they okay, didn't follow. The, they didn't follow the path. Like they didn't follow the checklist. They know what they're supposed to be doing. I shouldn't have to constantly tell them what they should be doing, but then I still have to.
1: Okay. So there are a couple of things here that we can unpack, right? But just. We're doing some speed coaching, so I heard they don't listen, right? And so, so the thought that's in your mind is probably like, "They don't listen," like you know, my kids are. They don't listen. How fresh, or you know, why do I have to deal with this, right? Or yes. why does it have to be a struggle every morning? Just listen. Can't
3: they? Can't they just follow the list, right? right. All of
1: those things. All of those things, and right? To me, and so it feelings- triggers.
2: It triggers a level of disrespect.
1: Okay. Right. Like these kids don't respect me. That's the thought, right? Yes. So, and the feeling is like anger and frustration. I don't, I would feel that way too. So the truth of the matter is them not listening is just a fact they're, they're kids doing their thing. Right. Right. Kids talking.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Just, I guess that instead of the fact it was good jump in, instead of fact being like, my kids don't listen. The fact is my kids. my kids march to their own drum, right? My kids are actually yes. just, just struggle getting out of the, uh, right? So if you could change the, just figure out the fact in the middle, right? That's not, the fact is my kids, kids, my kids, my kids got up late. My kids were a little late. My kid, that's just the fact, but the, but all of these other things that we put on this, all of, you know, if you saw the today show, it's like the fact goes in the center. We put all these petals around it, which is like, I'm frustrated. They don't listen. They disrespect me. And what if it's just my kids just struggle in the morning? Yeah. Wow. That's a big difference. That's it's big, just how they are. right? And right. then, you know, and so if you could say like, my kids struggle in the morning, what are the new stories I could tell myself? Well, maybe we should get up 10 minutes earlier. Maybe if I don't yell and I just say to them, just get it done and walk away. What, what could happen? Right. Um, it's really about Creating new stories around that one fact that will support you. And the other thing is, the trigger for you is getting your kids out of the house, right? So when they don't listen and get out of the house, that's a trigger. Your behavior is to yell because the reward is it makes you feel like you have some control. This is natural, right? Right. So, but at the end of t- the day,
2: I really don't have control. You have
3: no control, <laughs> no. right? But the trigger is never going to change. They're always, in, if you're going to get in that stage of like, I'm going to get frustrated if they don't get out of the house, that trigger is not going to change. But what can change is the behavior. So if they're not getting out of the house fast enough, your behavior can be, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to say, this is the last time I'm saying something I expect you all on a stoop at. 802, I don't know, whatever that looks like, but changing your behavior and then seeing how the the reward may be different. You may actually realize that they step up or they may not, but you you know, figuring out how you can change and play with that behavior so that you're getting a different result. Cause you're not, you screaming isn't actually getting them to move any faster. Probably.
2: No. And I hate myself for it.
3: (laughs) Well, and and, you're human. Don't hate yourself. You're human. And
1: exactly. And so, okay. So one other thing I will add is that we have this chaos in the morning, the kids getting to school. And then like, right now you're feeling like I hate myself for yelling at my kids. Right. So how do we go from this frustration and, you know, the way you're feeling to a place where your mornings are smooth. So if we had to break that by 8%, where you may want to start is with a tiny shift mindset shift. And that is going back to the fact for kids. So when you are going through like the chaos and all, and you find yourself like wanting to, you know, make up, why do I have to deal with this? My kids are so disrespectful, pause, pause, Four kids. That's all you need to tell yourself. Four kids in the morning. That's the fact. And, you know, they're not trying to be disrespectful. It's four kids trying to get out in the morning. It will start to shift that. It will start to shift your energy. It will start to shift your thought about it. And it will start to shift your response, which is this frustration and then overwhelm and feeling then terrible at the end of the day, you know, like uh, upset with yourself. So little shifts at a time, but I would start with this when you start to really feel like you're going to lose it, four kids, four kids getting on a bus, <laughs> you know.
2: I know that I'm probably going to re-listen to this episode over <laughs> and over and over and over.
3: Every morning before, yeah. It's hard though. I mean, it it's really hard, is, especially because we just feel and we we're so responsible that we forget that kids are still kids. You know, I have a yeah. old girl. Believe me, I know the frustration of that, and and me yelling like I used to yell, and then I realize she still gets that if if I don't yell and I'm just calm, she actually gets out of the house. Okay. She's just not doing it on my timeline. So she's waiting until the last 20 minutes to brush her teeth, brush her hair, get dressed, but she's Normally, out pretty much around the same time, but it took me like I have consciously got to walk away from this (laughs) so that I could see a different result because I would, it would throw off my whole day. I feel terrible. I'd feel stressed out, my anxiety. Then I'd go try to go into a client. I'd have to meditate again (laughs) so so that I can be present for them. And it it just changes everything.
2: So I know that I only have the, the two of you for a finite period of time. This has been such a great conversation. And like I said, I'm, I'm walking away personally with so, so much. So thank you for the, the mini coaching session. <laughs> so my, my closing question for um, all my guests is, what is the best thing about being a parent? So I know Jackie, you've got a daughter. Mimi, you don't have any kids, but you're an aunt. So I'm going to start with you, oh. uh, Mimi. What is <laughs> the best thing about being an aunt?
1: Oh my God, it's the best. I feel like I'm getting all teary-eyed like just <laughs> thinking about it. It's amazing because you get to really be a role model for these kids and they look up to you and they will also come to you with the stuff that they don't want to maybe tell their mom and dad. So it's a special connection, but then you can spoil the crap out of them (laughs) and not have to deal with trying to get them out of the house in the morning (laughs) to get to school.
3: (laughs) I can be perfectly honest.
2: (laughs) And how about you, Jackie? Um,
3: So mine is, mine is, very personal. Uh, so my, I shared with you guys, my daughter is neurodiverse, has ADHD, and I'm going to get teary eyed. Um, and my daughter is also adopted. And when she was little, I was like, I was meant to be her mom. I was put here because I am going to give her what she wouldn't have gotten. And what I have realized is, my daughter's neurodiversity has made me the better person. So what she What being a mom is, is about what she's teaching me, because I am a New Yorker who is high achieving, who is a go-getter. They call me the Jack Russell of humans with lots of energy. And I have a daughter who is neurodiverse, who is slow, who is not academically great in school, who is left-handed and creative in the best possible way. And she teaches me patience. She's teaching me to slow down. She's teaching me what's, I'm shaking because I love her, um, really important. Even though there are most mornings I'm like, just get out of the house, right? <laughs> but it's the lesson she's teaching me to be a better human that I think we forget as parents that we're the ones that are imparting our wisdom and she's imparting her wisdom on me every day. Oh,
2: that's why I, I love that question. I'm so glad when I started the show that I developed it because- closing it with responses like the both of you have are just incredible. And they just, it's just, it's so touching and, 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 and personal. So I, I appreciate you both for, for sharing, sharing that story and all the stories. Um, I, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, we'll be sure to link, um, to you guys' website, the resting mind, um, and, uh, your podcast, the, uh, make your life magnificent. Uh, so, We'll have all those links in the show notes, but I cannot thank you, Jackie and Mimi enough for being on the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. And I, I'm i certain that we're going to have more conversations to come with the both of you.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having us on. And thank you for um, being so open and vulnerable with us and allowing us to do the same. It was so much fun to
1: be here. Thank you so much. It was such a great conversation.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. Please visit TamaCapital.com to subscribe to this podcast or to connect with certified financial planner and registered investment advisor, Paul Fenner of Tama Capital. And please join us again next time on the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast.